Good day, friends. This is Paul Albert of the House of Graber, sitting outside here um, near Argus, Indiana, on the 20th day of February, 2023. And everything that I bring forth on this message today is subject to the laws of nature and nature's God, otherwise known as common law due process. Everything that I bring forth here on this platform and everything we do here at the House of Graber is also subject to and protected and safeguarded by the common law copyright of the House of Graber. So the subject that I'm going to talk about, the topic that I'm going to talk about today is which path are you choosing? And what I mean by that is Literally, which path are you choosing? Because a mentor that I've listened to quite a bit over the years, he says, the power of choice is the greatest power that we have. Most of us have grown up and been taught that the power of prayer is the greatest power that we have. And I won't argue with that, but I will say that before we can pray, or meditate, or anything else, we have to make a choice to do that. So the power of choice is the greatest power that we can utilize here in this plane. And which path are you going to choose? Uh, Are you going to choose blessing or cursing? Are you going to choose life or death? Are you going to choose light or darkness? Are you going to choose pain or pleasure? For most people, we're motivated by one of two things in life. Either we're moving away from pain or we're moving towards pleasure. And it all, you know, how things play out depends on what our focus is on. You know, Earl Nightingale said back in the 60s, the strangest secret, the um, the audio training that he did called The Strangest Secret. He said, we become what we think about most of the time. Again, it comes down to a power, power of choice. Excuse me. So, which path are you choosing? You know, um, this morning I stopped in um, at a gas station and I went in and paid for gas and I was, you know, visited a little bit with a gentleman there at the counter. And, you know, uh, the inevitable conversation came up. The, you know, the current, the current situation of our country here in America, the current situation of, you know, what's going on in the world uh, with a uh, illegitimate presidency seemingly running the show and he made some comment about what he thinks needs to happen with uh, the corrupt politicians and I agree with him um later today I was part of a conversation where uh, I was listening in on a call and there was a lot being said about the uh the terrible corruption and a lot of things going on, and if we look back at history, you know, the uh, 
history tells us that there has been and, and still is a lot of corruption. Now, here's the thing. Which path are you choosing? What are you focusing on? And, and by the way, I'm doing this podcast because somebody needs to hear it. And if, if that's none other than myself, then so be it. I, I walked away from my desk. I came out here on a beautiful sunny day. I'm sitting in a graveyard on top of a tombstone and enjoying the quiet. Have you ever thought about how much faster time is moving now than it, than it was when you were younger? Well, let me tell you something. If you're trying to get ahead of time, you're going to lose. The biggest frustration is in trying to get ahead of time, trying to beat the clock. My experience says, based on my own experience and based on watching other people, when we, when we are continuously racing the clock, then continuously what we experience is nothing but a big rush of discouragement and frustration and uh, not getting the things done that we want to do. So I walked away from my desk and I came out here just so I could slow down. Listening to the birds flying overhead. Got a blue jay raising a, raising a fuss, you know. I'm looking at the white puffy clouds and listening to the birds and the sounds of nature. Sitting here doing absolutely nothing except for, you know, delivering this message. And I don't know about you, but this is good therapy for me to walk away from the uh, regular routine and just come out and hold still. Or maybe, you know, if it's a day that's not so nice to come out and it's cold and what have you, then, uh, you know, you might do it in, in a quiet place inside your home. So... If you choose the path of, oh my God, just time just keeps going and, and they keep doing it to us and the government is corrupt and they're out to get us and, you know, it's a proven fact that Satan always has to let you know what he's doing before he does it. He cannot do anything to you or for you without your consent. So he always, you know, uh, Hollywood has been uh, nothing more than a mind control uh, setup operation because what they do is they make a movie of what they want to, you know, what they want to create. And they put the movie out there and they get millions of people. Um, how crazy is this? You pay for your television, in most cases. You know, the apparatus, the TV. Then you pay for the service. And the service is 
the um, the uh, people that want to you know manipulate your mind you pay for them to get inside your head and create a vision the vision that they want you to have and you're paying for that service you're paying them you know in some cases uh you pay it you know for a ticket to watch a movie and for most people it's a monthly bill uh, a pretty good sized one at that and you're paying for them to dump lies into your subconscious mind and then that's the track you run on which path are you choosing you know um if if everything seems to be against you or if time seems to be going so fast that you can't keep up you need to well i can't tell you what you need to do I'm just going to say my experience tells me that when I sit down and hold still, then time slows down. There's this strange phenomenon that is as old as time itself and, and probably older. That when we hold still and we become aware, then we become masters of our surroundings. So which path are you choosing? Are you choosing to be part of the mad rush, the hamster wheel, and the craziness of the world? And and by the way, this is not Satan's world. This planet was created by an almighty creator. And it belongs to those of us who knows who we are. Now the corruption, the fictional Babylonian system, is obviously, um, you know, Satan owns the worldly kingdoms, but not the earthly kingdoms. Satan owns the worldly fictitious wealth, but he does not. He most definitely does not own the earthly wealth. The earth and the fruits thereof belong to God's family. That's how it was designed. So, which path... Are you choosing? Are you choosing to rush and worry and fret and carry on? Are you choosing to sit down and go within? Go within. Christ told us the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. For the kingdom of God is within you. He showed us the way. If you can't find the kingdom of God, then it's because you're afraid to go within. Or something's stopping you. Why do, not, why do we not go within? Are we scared of our own thoughts? Are we scared of our own power? Um, this, is, this is not my idea. It's, I'm not the one that originated this. Christ showed us the way. Christ's teachings are about peace and harmony, power and prosperity. Now the church, the Babylonian country club, their teachings are about suffering and human sacrifice. 
because that's where they want you to be. Two very different teachings. So, which path are you choosing? Um, I remember a short little poem in one of the reading books that we had in school when I was young. It goes like this. Overheard in an orchard, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I think it truly must be they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. So which path are you choosing? Let's talk about Daniel in the lion's den. Now, I don't know about you, but I think uh, being in a, in a dungeon, being surrounded by lions, that I imagine they were very, very hungry. And uh, I would think that would be a depressing situation, to say the least. But Daniel chose a path of knowing where the kingdom really is and knowing from whence cometh his power and his help and his protection. He rose above the circumstances because he chose the higher road. And he came out of that dungeon completely safe and unharmed. What about Joseph? In Egypt he chose the higher road and he was put second in command in the whole nation his superior Pharaoh uh, that is his superior as far as that kingdom goes he was in reality he was in a position much higher than any position in Egypt but as far as that kingdom goes Pharaoh put out the order that anyone that that saw Joseph you know, when they came close to him, they would have to bow down to him. It's because he chose the higher road, not because he wanted to be worshipped, but because he knew who he was. He knew where the kingdom really is. He understood that. What about Elijah? At one point, he was discouraged. He said uh, uh, he thought he was the only one he was the only one left that was serving the true God. But he really wasn't. That's how he felt at one point. But he chose a higher road. And he chose a path and stayed true to his God. And therefore, he got to see victory. And he also, Elijah, was swept up and transformed into another um, into another um, can't think of the word that I want into another realm into the heavenlies he was transformed without going through physical death what about the three Hebrew men which path did they choose they chose the higher road they chose to stay 
within the venue of their one true God, their, their father, the kingdom of the one true God, the heavenly kingdom. They stayed within the, the house of Israel. And as far as things being bad around them, I mean, think about it. People were told that if they don't bow down to this statue, that they're going to be thrown in a furnace and burned alive. And by the way, bowing down to this statue is no different than, you know, putting on a mask and wearing it because some uh, governmental puppet tells you to. That's all they are is puppets. They don't have authority to tell you what, you know, to wear a mask or not. They never did. But it's all about gaining control of the people and making sure that everybody bows down and becomes and, and maintains or remains a subject to their statutory gobbledygook. They have absolutely no authority. Now, whether you believe this or not, really is not the issue here for me, but it is an issue for you. Think about this. The three Hebrew men refused to discuss the bowing down or the statue or anything. They said, our God can protect us from your furnace. First of all, they said, we don't care to answer your question. And they never entered into that conversation. And then they said, our God can protect us from your furnace. And the third statement is very significant. He will deliver us from your hand. And so he did. Now, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, in other words, was completely without say. He had no say whatsoever, because whether they burned in the furnace and were transformed into the heavenly realm, or whether they walked out with their physical bodies intact, it was out of his hand. He had absolutely no say. What about David going up against Goliath? And, and I happen to believe that David, David was a very able-bodied warrior. He wasn't just some little kid that was, you know, lucky. He was. He was protected, and but he was very able-bodied. But here's what stands out to me. He spoke into existence what he was going to do. He said, I'm going to kill you by the power of the Almighty Heavenly Father, and I'm going to take your sword and cut your head off. And then he went and did it. You know, the rest of that army was shaking in their boots. They thought Goliath was too big to go against. And David realized that he was too big to miss. But most of all, he not only had faith that he could do it, he walked in that faith and he did it because he knew. He knew who he was and it wasn't even a personal thing against Goliath. He, I don't think he ever met Goliath before. But it was, it was about David standing up for his creator. He said, this, who is this heathen that's blaspheming the God of Israel? See, it, it was a, um, 
it was a battle of kingdoms. It was not a personal thing. He had nothing, nothing personal against Goliath. But because of his actions of blasphemy, he took care of business and he killed him. Cut his head off. Now, I can't think of the uh, exact reference, but in, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy, he says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life, therefore, so that you and your seed may live. Do we think about the words we speak? You know, oh, time is just going so fast. Well, it's just going to go and it's just going to get worse until Christ comes back. And then it's going to be the end of the world. Everything's getting worse. They're, go, they're out to get me. You know, if you say so, if that's what you say, that's what you'll get. Attention is the currency of the universe. As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man speaketh, so he gets. Words cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. And whatever you say and whatever you think determines what you will have. That's just how it works. I mean, there's a law in this universe that says, as a man thinketh, so is he. That law is going to be in, in effect. It doesn't matter whether you like it or whether I like it or whether we don't. It's still going to be there. And our thoughts are things. Thoughts go into the ether and stay there. When you create a thought, and most of the thoughts you have aren't even your own because there's something that somebody else has projected into your head. I mean, I'm not... I'm not saying you're helpless because that's not the case. We are very powerful. When we learn to sit down and take control of our thoughts, and when we become the master of our thoughts, we can become very, very powerful. And the fact is, we are always creating our reality. I'm going to end with a parable that I know most of you have heard, maybe all of you. It's the parable of the talents. There were ten servants, by the way, not just three. There were actually ten. And these servants were given the opportunity to take an investment and put it to work, a monetary investment. Seven of them said, we're not going to work for you. Like, they didn't even take the money. They said, we're just not going to work for you, period. Three of them took the investment. There was one, I believe, had 10 pounds and one five and one three. Or maybe it was five and three and one. I'm not sure. I, I think it was five and three and one. And I don't know how long this master was gone. But here's what I know. Whatever these servants did and how they thought and how they functioned while he was gone was increased when they came back.
or when he came back. When the master came back, what they were doing and who they were was increased and multiplied. The seven that did that just flat out refused to do anything, he took them, he said, bring them before me and kill them. And they killed him. They killed all seven of those and got them out of the way. And then he did an accounting with the other three. The first one, you know, he said, uh, your, your five pounds have gained five more for a total of ten. And he said, uh, well done, thou faithful servant. He promoted him and gave him even more than he already had. So his responsibility and his, his um, what he was set over as overseer was increased. It wasn't a retirement or a pension fund. It was actually an increase of responsibility and things to take care of. But it was an increase of what he was already doing. The same way with the one that had, um, I'm sorry, I forget the numbers. I think it was three pounds. He was also promoted. The last one, made excuses. He said, you're such a a tough master to work for. You take stuff that's not yours. Wah, wah, wah. And what did the master say to him? He said, out of your mouth, you are condemned. Out of your mouth, you are condemned. He said, take this man's money and give it to them to the one who has, uh, I believe, 10 pounds. So he was condemned, not by the master, but by his own words. All 10 of these servants had the same master. They had the same work environment. They had the same pay plan. They had the same laws in the land. They were in the same area, same circumstances externally. So... What caused the very different outcome of death versus promotion versus being cursed and take, having your property taken? It was all inside the heads and the hearts of the servants. How they functioned while he was gone and, and how they thought and how they spoke determined the outcome. The, the external situation had nothing to do with it. So... Which path are you choosing? It's up to us. It's up to you. It's up to me. I can't choose for you which path you take. I can support you. But I can't do it for you. And neither can you do it for me. Each of us chooses our own path. Each of us, we have because of who we be. Have an amazing day. Until next time.